0: So today we are going to Jeremy and I are going to share with you our vision for twenty twenty two. Okay, it's gonna be some of are gonna be like, yeah, I know that. But there'll be some other stuff that like, okay, this is something I can get behind, something I can charge forward to. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, as a sermon, we definitely would love to get some word of God to you. And so we have two scriptures with which we are going to launch
1: into our vision today and so jeremy well year five of our of our study is not just a culmination of year five in and of itself it's the culmination of our entire study through the word of god by the end of this year we will have gone through the entirety of the word of god as a congregation together that's pretty cool don't you guys think So next year at this time when we're here, as a matter of fact, it'll be Christmas Day, right? Uh, The week before, we will have finished the Word of God. So Christmas Day next year, we'll be able to celebrate that those of you who've been here for the last five years, you've read the Word of God, you've literally read the entirety of the Word of God. And we'll be ending in the Gospel of John, not by accident, but because I think it's the appropriate way not just to end The uh, study in year five, but the end of full study and in the gospel of John toward the end of the gospel of John, John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. I believe that's the culmination of all of our reading through the Word of God, right? That, that we might know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And in knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and knowing what He's done for us, that moves us to our, the Great Commission. It's what we're about as believers in Jesus Christ Uh, Verse 18 of Matthew 28 says this, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. So the one leads to the other, right? The knowledge of the word of God in Jesus Christ, what he's done for us, leads us to want to go tell others and make disciples of all nations. And so, you know, what's really cool is after this five-year period of time, you guys will have heard 250 sermons on the Bible. You guys realize that? In every area of the Word of God, Pastor Mark, myself, the others who have come and shared during this time, Pastor Pastor John, Jose Luis, uh, you've heard a lot of, and guest speakers, we've made them kind of go with what we're doing. Elders. Right? Yeah, elders who have come up. And the reason why we've done that is we believe that you guys knowing the Word of God and understanding it is important. So I want to put that in context for just a moment. 250 sermons, you know, where we've overviewed and really kind of covered what the Word of God has said if you followed along with us if you've quote-unquote done your homework right followed along with us with the daily readings every single day that's approximately 200 hours worth of teaching time to break that down a little bit further just to give you an idea of what what type of learning you guys are getting in this in this place if you were to go to college on take a college credit in a course of some sort, you're going to go three hours a week, 15 weeks for a semester, it's 45 hours. That's two years worth of study in a course. You guys are learning the Word of God. And those of you who have walked with us through this for the last five years can no longer say, I don't know anything about the Word of God. Because if you had two years in a subject in college, you'd say, Well, I know this. And that's the equivalent of what you guys will have gotten through the teaching of Pastor Mark and myself and the others who have been up here as we've been sharing the word of God, as we've been walking through it together to give us more confidence that we know the word of God and we can share what Jesus has done through that. And so it's part of the reason why we've, we've done that and we're excited because the end of this year is kind of the end of this little two-year course and we're going to start it all over again because going through the Word of God is worthy for anybody who walks into this place. And it's a great place for them to start right here on Sunday mornings at 10.30 knowing you come here five years from now you're going to be through the entirety of the Word of God. If nothing else happens and you just do the daily readings you're going to hear 250 sermons and you're going to know what the word of God says. And you're going to understand the context of the word of God. In a way that many in our culture do not.
0: So our goal. And our mantra. This year. Starting with the minor prophets. Comes from. The book of John. That, that Jeremy just read to you. That you may. Believe. And so. With the minor prophets. With. With the epistles, with both um, the Gospels of Mark and John for next year. The push is that you may believe. And that is a perfect time for you, because many of you already believe, right? But this is now a perfect time for you to invite someone to hear the word of God that they may believe. That that I sincerely believe that. So with the John passage, chapter twenty, and with the we just finished Matthew and we finished with the Great Commission. Go ye therefore. And us coming to in the name of Jesus, the end of a pandemic where many people have been secluded and withdrawn and stuck in their house, and many are longing, longing to be invited to something and to be part of a community. This is the year, 2022, where all of us need to be involved in outreach. Wherever we are, we need to be involved in outreach. I know many of you hear the word outreach and you go, ugh, I'm scared. You know what? Stop. Stop being scared. Because if you believe what you say you believe, that you may believe, you need to share this. This is good news. This is great news. And we need to share it with every people. So, we have a few uh, programs that we're looking into to be a part of to help you with the outreach one of them is the saturate mm-hmm. program which we choose a zip code our zip code is someone one zero and maybe we partner with another church but what we do is we saturate the zip code with we go to the door leave information about our service and um, about Jesus, about the gospel, and we invite people. We can, we can do it for some of the other ministries that we get involved in, like um, Last Chance Ministries, Third Street Ministries, where we can reach out and talk. But I absolutely believe, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that many of you are involved with people just from your day-to-day life, whether it be neighbors, co-workers, people that you run into, need to be making disciples. We absolutely need to be making disciples. And so, how do we do that? And our goal would be to bring maybe 50 to 100 more people in into our fellowship this year. And with the people that we have here, just inviting someone to church to hear the gospel to be to get to know our community, to be a part of the community, to be ushered into the reading of God and to serving and to sharing with your life together. That would be great things. That would be great. That's a great goal. But Jeremy and I have talked. We've talked with the idea that if we got 50 more people in here, Which would be awesome. What would we do with them? I mean, we could sit them in the seats on Sunday. But we're telling people to love God, love God's people, love serving God. Do we have enough life groups to be able to do that? So there are things this year, between now and the beginning of this year, you need to be planning, how am I going to be a part of this vision? Well, you know, will I invite someone to to heights once a week? Will I share with them my testimony of what, how Jesus saved me? I don't know. Whatever it takes. But what's what you personally need to do to set aside to have a goal, to plan to be part of this vision in 2022. Maybe it's I want to open up my home to a life group. Maybe it's I want to get involved in greeting once a month. So I can get to see people. When they come in, I can meet them and talk to them. I mean, there's so many different avenues with which to be involved in service. And listen, I've seen it. I've been involved in this church a very long time. If you get involved in service and in community here at Heights, you will love this church much more than just coming and saying, what you got for me? What you got for me? And... Your job, as it were, as a Christian, Jesus mandated to you. It was a command. Go ye therefore. Right? Baptizing. And you know we're good. We get people, we baptize them, okay, they're done. But that's not the end of what Jesus says. Jesus says, <laughs> teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. That is not something that can be done overnight. It needs
1: to be done continually and that's where jeremy comes in yeah so and i just want to piggyback off of some of what mark said concerning the outreach how many of you are intimidated by outreach raise your hand come on be honest outreach is a little intimidating we worry about that let me ask you a question do you have a problem talking to them about disney world it depends, maybe it's expensive, but I mean, just the whole idea, like, I would. Do, it was so awesome, you know, or your favorite football team, when we have good news of something that we're excited about, we don't have a problem with sharing it, and to a very real extent, we've created a problem in ourselves, because we're not used to sharing about the good news of Jesus Christ, because honestly, we haven't treated it as good news, We we're like worried about sharing something like that, like, you know what? I don't know if you and your family would really enjoy something like rides at Disney World, but if you think you might like, like really like to be in, you know, kind of a fantasy land where you could ride stuff and, and maybe have a good time and things like that, then, then this might be a good place. That's how we witness. Think about it. I hear somebody doing that, like, I'm not sure I want to go to Disney World. Right? We're like, dude, it was awesome. Guys, that needs to be how we're talking about when we come to this place, as imperfect as we are in this place. That's how we need to be talking. I love my church. I love love hearing about the word of God. I want to share with you the best news that I could absolutely share with you. Here's a card. I'd love to see you on Sunday. Come with me and my family. We will go out to lunch afterwards. It would be great. You got an invitation like that, even the most hesitant of people might say, I might need to go check that out. And that's what we're asking you guys to do. You know, if you guys handed out those cards that we have once a week, 52 weeks, and only one person took each of you guys up, we'd have 50 people here. No problem. We would. That's 51 rejections and only one acceptance. Right? I think we can do it. I really do. But it leads back to his question. If they came, what would we do with them? Do we have a place for them right now? I, I think we are woefully understaffed as far as life groups are concerned. Not so much in, in the idea that we don't have life groups and that the people in life groups, there aren't enough people in these life groups, but rather we don't have enough people who are willing to be those leaders that we need for these people that we hope that will come, right? And this is where you guys come in. We, we need you in preparation for what god is going to do if we're going to outreach this year and we're going to believe god for 50 to 100 new people number one that'd be awesome right it really would be it'd be intimidating it'd be awesome because we'd be reaching them but do we have a place for them to continue to grow To say dude you're here now let me introduce you to my life group you need to come during this time because i know you're not going to meet everybody here but these people are awesome right seriously that's what we need so we need you guys to step up into that. And one of the things that Mark and I really want to focus on in this area of service, in the last two years, one thing that has, uh, lack of a better word, wrecked us the last two years is the idea that we have A culture within our church, it's nobody's fault, nobody's being called out or blamed, okay? You're going to hear it from me like, he's blaming me, I'm not blaming anybody. It's been a culture for a long period of time, longer than I've been here, okay? And I've been here 20 years. And it's a culture of, you know what, when I'm tired of serving in an area, I'm out. And we just inform people, the powers that be, I'm gone, and that's kind of it, And 2020 and 2021 especially kind of wrecked us in that area because people left and there was nobody left to replace. And so we had to kind of rebuild from the ground up. And it took a tremendous amount of effort by all the people who were in those leadership positions. And one of the things that we want to start encouraging among our congregation and creating a different culture of is is the need for self-replacement. The idea that, hey, I've been serving in children's ministry for five years, and we get it. And God is bringing on a new challenge for you. That's awesome. But you dropping and saying, I'm out, without looking for somebody to replace you, just makes it harder for everybody else. Sometimes that's a a necessary thing that happens. We move, unexpected things happen, totally get it. But for most of us, it's just a matter of I I need to take a step back or God's moving me in a different direction. And all of that is fine. But what we need is this idea of self-replacement. That I'm going to be responsible for finding my replacement because that moves me in a realm, just like Mark was talking about, of discipleship. I'm going to be discipling somebody else to take my spot so that they're ready to teach in a children's church or or do communion or whatever area that you might be serving in. And so that we're not just saying, hey, I'm gone, you're without. Because that's kind of the mode that we have right now in the church. And what happened in 2020 and 2021 when everybody just gone, it made it very, very hard to replace, to move forward with what God has called us to do cuz nobody had looked for a replacement. When we have that type of mass exodus, it hurts the body tremendously. And we're finally to the place where we're we're ready to move forward again, but we don't want to go back to that. Just going to be honest with you, we don't. So we're letting you guys know. And this isn't an indictment on anybody. It's just a culture that, was, that, that had been built up and we just didn't realize how harsh that was to the body. And so we're encouraging you. Let's use that as a means of discipleship. Don't step out of your position without finding somebody else to replace you. So that we remain as strong as we are now and can continue to move forward with what God has called us to do.
0: in uh, the end of 2019 and 2020 we put a we talked about the circles of commitment and they've actually been in the foyer for 2 years foyer more. and so we would we'd like you to look back at that wall again and look at it and kind of determine where you are in those circles See where you're at. No place is a bad place to be in those circles. Okay? But the goal of those circles is to be moving closer to the center. We need you to move. We need you to be able to be moving further in your growth, in your maturity, in your Christian walk. And that that's not, Those aren't my words. That's the Bible's words. And so... We want to help you and encourage you in that. And so we'd like you to look at that and see, what's my next step? What's my next goal in life in, as a member of the church of Jesus Christ? And we need to be, maybe we've taken a break because of 2020, 2021. We're just like, well, I'm kind of stuck in this, this level of circle, but now I need to start moving let I me mean, know. One thing that's amazing about a boat is a boat keeps you out of the water. You don't sink down in it. But if you're just sitting on the water, you don't go anywhere. You cannot steer a boat unless the boat is moving. Did you, Did you notice that? You might go by the way of the waves if you're not. But if you're moving, that's when you can change the direction of what you're doing. That's what you need to be. We need to be moving in 2022. And one of the aspects of this is the idea of community
1: and mentoring discipleship. Jeremy? Yeah, so we have a number of opportunities, you know, uh, the next, uh, you know, few years that, that have been kind of thrown up there. Yeah, this idea of community and discipleship, you know, um Aaron came up and started talking about composting. And I know there's, there's a great desire on his part to create a garden out there. But I remember him coming and talking to the elders just a few weeks ago. And he said, you know, it's not just creating a garden. It's an opportunity to where you're out there, you're cultivating stuff and you, you're out there talking about God, his creation, having a Bible. So you'd be doing a lot of different stuff out there while you're cultivating this idea of this garden. And, and I love what he had said. He said, he wants to help try and move the center of community back to the church again. It's kind of been taken away from that. Uh, From a cultural standpoint, it has been. We do everything away from the church, right? Because we can be Christians away from the church. But the church is a unique community together. Uh, a few uh, earlier this month, and many of you were like, oh, we got to do that again, who were here. We did a game night with Paul in Haiti. They came up to me like, we want to do a game night. Well, this would be a great idea. We had a game night. Like, It was a lot of people who showed up. And then a lot of people were like, man, I didn't want to miss that. And yet at the same time, at this, um, at this game night, we had people who were reaching out to friends who came into that place. I had some deep conversations with people about Jesus in that place. One of the things that is lost on the idea of discipleship is that in our culture, in the American culture, we have compartmentalized faith. And the more we have compartmentalized faith, we have kind of missed the idea of what true discipleship is. And we want to get back to that in this idea of moving toward the center of these circles, you know? So let's talk about Jesus for a moment, okay? Since we're at church. Is that, is that allowed? Can we do that? Okay. Talking about Jesus. Jesus takes his disciples. He calls these 12 disciples. One who's going to betray him, but the other 11 that he walks with him. And the way that discipleship happened in the Jewish culture at that time is Jesus did things opposite. What would happen is a lot of times the the people would sign up like for a college course. I want that professor. I want that professor. Jesus went out and said, I want these 12. These are my disciples. And they're going to walk with me for three and a half years. That discipleship time, let's just say they're heavy sleepers and they slept 12 hours a day, right? So they had 12 hours a day every day with one another. So they're somewhere between between 12 and 16 hours a day with each other. Everything they did was part of that discipleship. The fun times, the hard times, the teaching times, everything. All of it went together. This was discipleship and it can't be done compartmentalizing certain aspects of it. That comes out to, just for those of you who like to do math, fifteen to 20,000 hours in three and a half years. That's what it takes to make a disciple. Now, let's say you go to life group. Let's say you come to church, and your life group's long like ours is long. Yeah, you forget it. I mean, that's a start time on the wall over there. It ain't a finish time. And I'm at church five hours a week. We would consider that a Mondo commitment, wouldn't we? You'd be like, dude, I'm at church five hours a week. According to that time scale that I just gave you, it would take 57 years for you to have enough hours to become a disciple. That's what compartmentalization does. This is my five hours of church, this is my five hours, let's double that. Let's say I do that at church and then I read the Bible and do other stuff for five other hours this week. Now we're at 10 hours. Congratulations, you've moved up to 27 years to become a disciple. I don't think that's what Jesus had planned for us. I just don't. That discipleship is part of community, that we have to spend time around one another, not just learning in this place on a Sunday morning, but around people, committed to people, investing our lives in people. And I know many of you do, but you understand what it takes for you and I to grow in such a way in community together. We've got to be invested in one another. That these new people that we want to see coming into this place, it's going to take an investment of life. Not just an invitation and I'm glad that they're here for the sermon and they came to life group. It's going to take those impromptu walking into their homes and knocking on the door and saying, how can I help you today? And what can we pray with? Or why don't you come with me to the the grocery store so that we can buy some food for somebody who's in the church so you can see how to serve somebody. This is discipleship. And we've lost it as an American culture because we compartmentalize it to a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. And it's not everybody, and it's not saying that you guys don't disciple, but I... By and large, this is why discipleship isn't happening. It's why we don't move forward. It's why we feel like we're stuck in that same circle for so long because we don't feel qualified enough to step forward. And God is calling us to so much more than a simple Sunday service or even life group. This is to get you jump-started in discipleship. Our life group is not an end to itself. It's the beginning of a relationship that we have with one another that happens all throughout the week. That's what we want it to be for each of you guys and each of the life groups that you guys are a part of, investing in each other's lives. Guys, if we did that, understand, that that type of investment, you can't just do a bazillion of those like I'm going to I'm going to disciple 45 people this year. You can't do it. Jesus only took on 12. Think about that for just a moment. The God of the universe who created all things only took 12 people for three and a half years because he had limited himself to humanity. He was like you and me. He was limited. He can't say, I'm God, I'm going to disciple a million people this year. doesn't work like that. He understood the limitations. He took these 12, one of them a betrayer, so he took these 11 and made lifelong disciples from them. For you guys, it's going to be investing in a limited number of people. But you've got to be willing to invest if you want to make lifelong disciples.
0: So, who has God identified for you to come alongside and disciple and to mentor? Think about it. I guarantee you, you've already got somebody in your mind. Someone, you know, for some of you that have. Children that are still at home, that's your number one priority. I, 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 that's what you need to do. But on the other hand, Jesus took 12. Honestly, a few years ago, I had a dream. God gave me seven, seven guys. And I've been pursuing that on a daily, weekly basis, pursuing a mentorship, a discipleship Working with them. And it's, it's been a joy. It does, it, you know, this whole, oh, I'm in a rut in my Christian walk. It, it, it's hard to have that happen when you are working in a dynamic, mentoring, discipleship relationship. Whether you're being discipled or you are discipling. It makes the Christian walk much more vibrant. Much more exciting. And encouraging. Because you know what? There are people that are going through a hard time. And you can be there for them. Then you can share in their joys and their strengths. It's it's, it's the, the ebb and flow of life. And I, I tell you, this is something that we want to encourage each of you to do. And to start stepping into for 2022. It may look different. I mean... Jeremy mentioned about Aaron and his idea of a garden. Man, he, you know what? He has a passion for this. Right? Yes, he's got a passion for this. And so he is using his passion that he has, his desire, to bring glory to God and to bring other people into the body. So gardening, composting may not be your passion. But I guarantee you have one. And if you could bring someone along with that, what would that look like in the body of Christ? What would it look like in the community of heights? So, are you thinking about it? Is it on your mind? The stuff that we've been saying? Or are you just like, oh, I can't wait until they're done? We want to inspire, we want to encourage, mm-hmm. we want to exhort you that this is the way the Holy Spirit has been leading Jeremy and I. We, it's amazing, we go there, hey Jeremy, we need to talk about this. But I was just thinking about that, no way, I was thinking about that. No, I was thinking about that. Man, the Holy Spirit is moving, and he's moving within your leadership, and we want to do this, we want
1: you to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, think about it, gardening is discipleship, come on. You guys weren't thinking about that today, were you? Game nights here at the church is discipleship and outreach. Who would have thought of that? It's when we start breaking down our barriers of that compartmentalization of faith and start becoming intentional about every activity that we do and realize that it's all an opportunity to share Christ. That's, that's how Jesus lived with his disciples. It's not that every single moment was a teaching moment, but every single moment taught them something because they were together with the one who was in, most intentional about his life, and that's Jesus. Same thing will happen with you and me. If our lives are to reflect the glory of God in every area of life, there will be no barrier between what we do at church and what we do at work and what we do at home. We'll be constantly thinking about those whom we can encourage to help make disciples, to teach those to follow everything that Jesus commanded. And so who's on your list or who do you need to get on your list, right? and and it can't be a whole lineup of people coming up saying, "Well, Mark, I want to be I want to be your disciple. I want to I want to be can you teach me? Can you help me? Trust me." We definitely want to do that, but like I said, we're tapped out. And I don't mean tapped out as in we're we're not doing it. We are doing it, but we're limited people. I'm already doing that for everybody in our life group right now. Seriously, I really do. I do that for many people within the youth group and all the kids that are, that are within the care of that. I'm limited. I don't have like 20 more slots for other people. I need others who are maturing in their faith to be able to say, hey, that's my, that's my role. I need somebody. I need to look for somebody in this church that isn't being discipled or needs to be more discipled and step into their life so that they might do that. And it might be these new people that you might be inviting. This next year who are we going to do that with because it's going to be a great change if we do it'll change the way that you and I think about discipleship hopefully forever and man five years from now or five years from the end of this next year think about somebody you invited who walks through the entire word of God themselves for the first time I think you're a part of that that's kind of cool don't you think seriously it's kind of cool let's strive toward that end
0: for those of you that have been a part of what we've done the last four years i just want to say it's been fun it's this has been great this journey that we've done thank you for those of you that have served this last year in, in a very difficult situation but we we want to encourage you to take that next step outside of just coming to church on Sunday you know I've, I've said this a thousand times from the pulpit but when we read the word of God every time we read it it should change us and shape us to be more like Jesus and with these verses that we started today what are we going to do about what we just read that you may believe That we are about disciples making disciples from the Great Commission. What's your next step? It's going to be different for everyone in this congregation, everyone online. What's what's God calling you to do? You need to start stepping out of it. That's, That's what we want you to do. Who are the people that you need to draw closer, allow to get closer in your life to be Either sharing your knowledge from what you've gained from the Word of God or to gather more from them. Living life together. That's what it's all about. Sound good? Jeremy, give them the challenge.
1: Do something. Seriously. Do something. Do something. Don't write your list this year. Mark does a list. Mark does goals, right? You write down these goals every single year. He writes down these goals, and he writes them down for the purpose of being able to check them off. And it's such an encouragement when he does. My encouragement to you, we have some days before the new year, right? It's the 26th right now, which means we have, you know, somewhere between like five days, five days before the new year. I can't math today. It's okay we got five days before the new year. You have five days to prayerfully consider what that list of goals is going to be for you. Don't write it down to forget it. Write it down. Put it in a prominent place where you're revisiting it every single day concerning this challenge. What is it for you? Is it to hand out one of those cards and have 52 opportunities this next year that you might be inviting families to be a part of this place? Is it for you to step up and say, you know what, they need more life groups. I'm going to try and be that life groups leader that they need. They need a place to stay. I want to be prepared for what it is that God is going to do because if we're faithful in doing this, I truly wholeheartedly believe he's going to answer through our faithfulness. How much he's going to answer, I don't know. That's the question. What are we going to be obedient with? That's the question. That's the goal. Our goal is obedience. What are we going to be obedient to this next year? What is God calling you to? Don't let it be an empty piece of paper. And don't let it be something you're going to easily forget. Revisit it, revisit it often. And I promise you, at the end of twenty twenty two, when we do revisit those goals, you'll be surprised at how many of those things God has checked off your list for you. But you have to make that commitment. That's yours. I have my own commitment to make. Same thing. Let's do this together. Let's see what God does. I think it's gonna be a great year. Won't you close this in prayer? Absolutely. Once you stand
0: up, I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas. As we approach the coming of the new year, take this time to reflect God, what do you have for me this year? You know, what do you have? We're not guaranteed the whole year, but. Don't you want to be doing something, right? Father God, we come before you. Thank you and praise you uh, for this community of believers we call Heights Christian Church. Thank you that you have brought each of them together here with us. And we have gotten to know so many of them. We have shared life together with many of them. Father, draw us closer. Help us to love one another better. So that we might bring you glory. That people can know us by our love one to another. Help us, Lord. Lord, I know that you have something for each and every one in this room tonight. Guide us, direct us to step out in faith and to do and accomplish the destiny that you have for each one of us. Help us, Lord. We need you more today than ever before. Help us, guide us. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do for us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.